From the Theology of the Body Institute, this is the Discerning Marriage Podcast, hosted by Elizabeth Busby. Hello, hello, it's Elizabeth here. I'm so glad you're joining us today. And on this episode, we are once again joined by my very precious friend, Jeanette Clark. Hey, Jeanette. Hello, Elizabeth. Hi, everybody. So Jeanette has been on an episode before, um, which I'll link in the show notes. If you didn't get the chance to hear it, it was amazing. We were talking about humility in marriage and it was so, so good. Uh, But for those of you who didn't hear or who um, maybe have forgotten, I'm just going to give you just a brief rundown of Jeanette. Um, just a little bio of sorts so that you uh, have some background. So um, she received her master's in theology from the Pontifical John Paul II Institute for Studies on Marriage and Family. Um, And then she went, that same year she graduated, she moved to Denver and was hired by the brand new Archbishop Chaput uh, as the director for the Office of Christian Initiation. Um, And she married her husband, Jason, in 2001. And they have five gorgeous children from eight to 17, four of whom are boys. Um, And they live in rural Southern Pennsylvania where they serve the church. Jason is the executive director of the Theology of the Body Institute. So um, Jeanette spends her days diving into what it means to be uh, a human and a woman um, who's encountered Christ on every level of existence. So, hey, Jeanette. Hello. Yeah, I I really do do that. I I do think theology while I'm doing dishes. I love it. I love it so much. Um, I want to do that when I do my dishes. I'm mostly just grumbling about having to do them, but I would love it if it was a, <laughs> and we're back to that conversation on humility, right? Um, if it yeah. was something I did out of virtue uh, instead of just out of grumbly obligation, um, thinking about how long it's going to be until the next time I have to do a dish, a sink full of dishes. <laughs> um, but awesome. so, so today, we well, one of the things, guys, that I want to do with this podcast is bring you some stories of people who have discerned marriage, right? So Jeanette discerned marriage, and she chose to get married, and she's been married for um, almost 19 years. And I, every single person who has discerned their vocation has a unique story because every single person's relationship with Jesus is so unique. And so I think that, you know, while, of course, Jeanette's story doesn't look the same as anyone else's, even her husband's, really her own story is unique. I'm hopeful that some elements of it, um, you listeners can get things out of, um, that can apply to your own life or wisdom that she gained on her journey. Um, and so that that's what Jeanette and I are going to be chatting about today, her discernment story. So are you good to get started, Jeanette? I'm ready. All right. So Jeanette, how did you know that you were called to marriage? Yes. I, I will. I know this podcast is about that story and I'm going to tell it, but I'm, I'm going to have to tell it rather quickly because I could still, I could go on. I mean, it's a long story. <laughs> I, I, it was not a matter of meeting a man and saying, this is it. I discerned it. religious life for, I mean, a good seven years, seven or eight years. Um, I, I met my that long seven years. Yeah. Yeah. It was a long time. I met in high school. I met a, um, a nun that knocked my socks off and I'm like, I've never seen a nun like this before. I didn't even know this life really existed. Um, so it just captured my heart and really went down that road for a very long time. Um, I didn't know that that's what I wanted to do. I was still pretty young. So I did date. I dated a couple, couple of great guys and one um, for a couple of years. And um, then I ended up in Denver. Was the this- relationship in high school or college or 
It was actually after college. Okay. Did after you go right college. to your master's right away? I don't even know that. No, uh -uh. Okay. No, I did. I did work for a couple of years. It was during those years. Oh, and I think okay. Well, there you go. Maybe the, I think the first year of graduate school, I can't remember exactly. Um, it feels like a lot. Well, it was a lifetime. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, so when I went to Denver, I wasn't dating anybody. And this, you're not going to believe it, but this same order of nuns whom I had, that I've fallen in love with, had just started at a school. Uh, what? right there it was actually my home <laughs> parish they just like that year took over the school and i walked in for a for mass and suddenly they're there oh and uh, i like oh this is a sign this is a sign. <laughs> well these women are so life-giving so beautiful so i just uh hung out with them i used to go over and pray uh the liturgy the hours with them and um go on go into the mountains with them go on retreats oh. with them Wow. Uh, and I was pretty convinced. Yeah, this is it. This is it. Do you want to share what um, order or no? Uh, yeah, I guess I can. I mean, I don't know why I was hesitating. The, the Nashville Dominicans, you all know them and love oh, them. They're um, so great. Yep. Yeah, they're great. Um, they eventually did accept me. I, I, I did request admittance and they accepted me. Mm. Um, but I never went. And this mm -hmm. is kind of where the crisis comes to a head for me. And, and looking back now, uh, where I see that I didn't get the best help. I felt mm. very alone um, in that discernment process. And like any big decision, it's hard to make a good, good one when you're pretty emotional about a lot of things. Um, Preach, so, girl. Well said. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I could have used some help, and I didn't get it. Um, I had a lot of people sharing their opinions. and, and Maybe, um, maybe I should have listened to one or two of them. Um, I don't know. But I didn't have someone show me the process of discernment. Mm. And kind of like that there was even a process that you go through, that you can go through to discern um, God's will. Not mm. necessarily for the, next, for the rest of your life, but right now. What's yeah, the just in general, right just discernment now? in general, right? Yeah. So I didn't have that. Um, and I decided not to go. And it was, I don't know that that was discerned really well. In retrospect, I think I would have gone. I don't think that that was my vocation. Okay. Um, but but you even would have now, gone. you would have I used would that have, as a part of your discernment. Absolutely. Mm. I, I, and I can go into that here. I would have gone. Because mm. what's there to fear? What's there mm. to fear? God is good. He's not going to kidnap me. You know, if he wants True. me to leave, I, think I leave. Some, yeah, I think some people think they might get kidnapped if they discern religious life too seriously. And I wonder how many people find themselves getting married because they just don't feel like getting, you know, they just, they're just afraid of, you know, celibacy or something. Um, but God yeah. isn't going to kidnap you. That's so well said. He wants your freedom. He wants your love. He wants your He heart. wants your freedom. Mm -hmm. He wants your freedom. And I think what really tied me up, really for a long time, I'm talking even into my marriage. Um, was, oh, did I do the right thing? Should I have been a nun? Because, you know, the first years of marriage are not easy. They weren't for me. I think they are for some people. I don't know. I really haven't met those people. Mm. But, yeah. um, you know, when I, was when I was even learning about the different vocations, I think I had so many people, and certainly priests, whom I loved and respected, tell me, look, if you don't choose the right vocation, you're not going to be happy. You're not going to be as happy as God intended you to be. Right. Well, that's the opposite of freedom for this girl's heart. 
I mean, it locked me up. Mm. And it's not true. It's not true. What's not true? It's not true that God will not make you happy if you, quote unquote, choose the wrong thing. God can't be outdone in generosity, people. Mm. So it's so important to internalize. Can you say that again? Yeah, he, he does not punish you for making the wrong decision. He mm. only blesses. He can only bless. It is not in his nature to do anything but bless. So that locked me up. And it wasn't for a very, and almost until I kind of said it to myself, I don't believe that, that it sort of broke. It's, it's, it's hold on me broke. I was so locked up in the fact that I think I may have made a mistake. Mm. Um, I love Jason. There was never a moment where I stopped loving my husband. Sure. Um, but I was still intellectually um, caught up in this, in this place. Um, and even yesterday, um, I don't know when you're going to air this, but <laughs> yesterday was the Feast of St. Catherine of Siena. And April 2020. April 29th, 2020. We're all in quarantine yeah, for coronavirus on quarantine. Mm -hmm. But this quote, so yesterday was the Feast of St. Catherine of Siena. This quote of St. Catherine of Siena, my daughter is named Catherine. This is actually on a little plaque in her room. Um, Be who you meant to be and you will set the world on fire. Mm. Beautiful, passionate quote, but you gotta understand it right or else it's gonna lock you up. Be who you were meant to be. If you stop right there and think that means your job, or even your vocation, mm-hmm. you're going to get locked up. Your job, even your vocation, is not how you're going to set the world on fire. You set the world on fire by having a heart burning with holiness and love of God. Mm-hmm. You have a heart set on fire to burn the earth, to set the earth on fire if you live your baptismal vows. Mm-hmm. That's how you have it. So listen, people, just rest in that. Rest in that. There's no right way here. There's only the way. There's only love, okay? So, and, and then later, Jesus even says in Luke, he says, I have come to set the earth on fire. And oh, how I wish it were already blazing. He's not saying, oh, how I wish Jeanette would have been a nun. Then the earth would be on fire. <laughs> more than it is now because she has these five kids but I wanted her to be a nun I wish she hadn't done that no that's not the Lord you can tell that's not the Lord's voice yep so anyway having said all that that was my process of kind of struggling with my religious discernment at the very end after I said no to the Nashville Dominicans whom I love whom I'm still in in contact with sure. and have many friends from. Um, and I, I will say, I do feel like God at one point, I asked him, I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? I mean, I asked him that 7,000 times. I really felt in my heart. He said, you can do either one, Jeanette, and you will be very happy. Mm. And there was, I don't know that he says that to everyone because I think probably some are called to a particular vocation. Sure. Um, but the Lord will still bless you either way. Uh, I feel, though for me, he said really and truly, you can do either one and you will be blessed and be very happy in either one. 
And I just thought, I want to marry. I want a human marriage. Mm -hmm. I want a human marriage. And frankly, there was part of me that thought the religious vocation was better. Theologically, it's a higher vocation, but I mean, I thought it was better. Mm. Uh, Just because something is higher doesn't mean it's better for you. Right. That's so important. It's so important to know. There was something about like there's almost a sense of pride that I wanted in the religious vocation that mm. I was so suspicious of. Something in my heart was like, that's not good, Jenna. That's, that's not good. Um, anyway, I eventually meet Jason actually at a daily mass on a Saturday. Um, and he was a friend of my brand new roommate. I don't know. I've been friends with her for a bit. They had gone to college together. He had just arrived um, to and had entered the seminary. The first time I saw my husband, he was wearing a little white collar. <laughs> a little, little different. He, uh, we did, of course, we didn't, we didn't date until, or even think about dating until after he left the seminary. You say, of course, um, that's a, that's an important thing to emphasize, right? Is like if you if you are attracted to a seminarian, the answer is not necessarily go tell him and try to date him now, right? Because he already has a girlfriend. It's the church. Yeah, I would say, oh, it's absolutely not to do that. There you go. Um, Don't do it. Absolutely. Don't do do that. Because again, that takes away from the freedom of the person. You want the best for him. If that's the best, listen, you don't have to control God's will. He can do that. He's got it. So that free, total, faithful, fruitful love that you want maybe with him. God's got to work that out in his heart first. So just pray for him. Leave it there. Leave it there. God is good and faithful and he will bring it about if it's supposed to happen. Mm. So it takes yeah, a, so anyway, I go ahead. It takes a very, um, a very faithful relationship with Jesus to be able to leave something there. Right. So she's Jeanette, saying this, um, looking back at her life and her experience. But if you're sitting here with an attraction to a seminarian and you're thinking, what do you mean? Just leave it there. Like I can't do anything. Like I have to just, just. Well, leaving it there is doing something. It, yes. Thank you. There you go. Leaving so, it, it, leaving it there is doing something. It, it is placing yes. it on the altar of the Lord. Mm. Yes. Yes. And ha- and if you feel fear at doing that, take that to the Lord right? Allow that to be Absolutely. something that the Lord speaks into, right? Don't hide it from him. He wants to be in that place of your heart. So if this is part of your story right now, um, that, that is what we recommend you do, right? You go to the Lord and you open your heart to him. You don't go to the guy, you go to the Lord and you give it to him, right? And then leave it there with You're a continual right. dialogue I mean, with the Lord. Okay. I just felt called to say that maybe yeah. someone's listening right now and is living that life. All right, Jeanette. So you're at daily mass yeah. and you see this guy with a collar on. And you don't run up and yeah. tell him that you want to marry him. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I will say there was a little flitter in my heart. But I, again, I'm like, I, you know, I didn't engage that at all. It's just, it comes and goes. Life is, our emotions come and go. We don't have to engage them. Sure. So, um, so it just went on by. I mean, he was a very handsome man. Still it, still it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, nothing, nothing happened. But he... The way that the um, Archdiocese of Denver at the time was the seminary was actually connected to the Archdiocese. I worked at the Archdiocese. Mm. Uh, so I saw him frequently. 
I mean, the same halls. Oh man, I you mean like physically connected? Differently. Like the seminary was physically connected to the chancery? So you physically connected, physically connected. Yeah. <laughs> so you saw them a lot. <laughs> yeah, I did uh, more than, and, and honestly, I don't know that they still do it that way. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I did see them a lot. I, I saw all of the guys a lot, and and they were good friends with me. Some some of them still are. Um, when he left the seminary, and he was only in the seminary for a short time, uh, six months probably, and really going to the seminary, it's kind of why I wish I had gone to the convent. Him going to the seminary was what he needed in order to say yes mm. to another vocation. Mm. He needed to close that door. Absolutely. Did. And I also and so, wonder, it opens mm-hmm. a conversation of how, how many people or have you know the Lord calls them to do that because there isn't anything formal for discerning marriage, right? Like it's you know oh, for yeah. some people there isn't there isn't a way if you feel called to marriage to discern it until now um, with the ministry we're working so hard to provide for you guys. Um, but you know for some people yes going absolutely is what the Lord needs because you do have to be able to say I've discerned I've actively discerned celibacy and the answer is no. But I do I just wonder how many people that's part of their story because there wasn't an option, you know, for formal. Yeah. Learning marriage. Anyways, okay. So Jason, yes, just out of seminary absolutely. six months later. Well, maybe not later, yeah. but six months and, after being in it. Yeah. And so he asked me out um, very quickly after he left the seminary. A um, little surprising to me. Like I was not supposed to be there. Uh, but, you know, later on in, in our relationship, of course, he told me he just didn't want to let it slip by. He, mm-hmm. he just uh, saw me. He, he thought, he thought, I, you know, I, I think that this might be the girl I'm going to marry. And um, I just want to, I just want to go right now. I don't, I don't want to risk uh, someone else walking around and, and taking her. So, I love that. Um, just, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It came after my heart and I, and mm. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, it also would have been fine if he had waited a year. That's also a wise thing to do. So there's no blanket, uh, there's no yes one right answer, but for him and his discernment, we should have him right. on to tell his discernment story. Yeah, it would be entirely different. Right. I love to hear it because it is different. Okay, I'm gonna do um, it. I'm gonna ask him. Okay. And we were older too. I should I should I should say that I was uh, we were in our late twenties. He was actually thirty when he left the seminary. Okay. Yeah, that's helpful. Yeah. Helpful yeah. To know. So just to put we're not twenty two years place. old. No, yeah. we're not. We're not fresh out of college. So, you know, at, at, he left the seminary at 30. So he lived a life before he entered seminary, which is very different yeah. from someone, you know, going out of high school or going out of college. Just their experience is different. Yeah, absolutely. And so did I. I was 28 when I met him. So um, a different, a different reality. Um, yeah. And then we different. dated for two years. Um, I, you know, I just assumed we've kind of got it all figured out where this is great. Let's six months you're going to ask me to marry him no uh -uh. Mm -hmm. two years and he broke up with me at one point during it so it wasn't like this easy um carefree time but it was a time when I realized uh this is not going to be easy are you comfortable talking about the breakup you don't have to be specific if you don't want to but yeah no 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 I I pretty much into trouble sometimes yeah um I mean, I can only tell it from my perspective. A hundred percent. I'll ask Jason. Of course. <laughs> yeah. I mean, part of it was that we all are wounded in our childhood. Um, it just, it just has happened. If you think you haven't, 
been wounded, then you haven't looked hard enough um, with totally a agree. skilled person. So it's not that anyone meant to hurt you. Um, it's not that anyone intended it in any way. But some of the things that I thought were givens in life, this is the way you do things. It's wrong that you did this because of that. Um, I carried from my own childhood, from my past, from how can you not? It's what I knew. Um, what I assumed to be normal, mm. quote unquote normal, is what I knew. Um, so good, guys. That's everybody. That's everybody. Everybody that's has everybody. An experience, so, right? You think your experience is normal, but if you're if you're coming from a broken, wounded place in a particular area of your heart, it's not normal, right? It's, it's not, not God's design for you. Yeah, in that particular yeah. area. And and we both had our own things that we thought were normal. And the truth is, um, neither of them were normal. Mm. Or some of mine were some of mine were good, and his were wrong. Some of his were good, and mine were wrong. And it's really a, that is, that is marriage. It's engagement in marriage is to lay those hard things um, down on the altar and, and go through them with the Lord in humility. And that's where a skilled counselor comes in uh, and, or, and, or a spiritual director. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that that was, that was the main reason. And, and he was right to break up with me. Um, he was right. And it was, it was not easy. Mm. Uh, one of those occasions where you wake up in the morning, the day after it happens, and you think it was a nightmare, you know, mm. uh, yes. but it wasn't. Been there. Real. Yeah. yeah. But I love what you said. He was right to break up with me. That was the right call. Mm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The humility and the wisdom that. in that statement, right? That's huge. Yeah. I'm sure you were not sitting there right. thinking that the next morning after you got broken up with. But now, you know, yeah. how many years yeah. later? That's powerful to be able to reflect back on something that hurts so much and say, you know what? That was good discernment. It was. And I'm not sure I've actually ever said that to him. So I have to ask him to hear the podcast. No, but obviously we've had many conversations since because, you know, we did get back together and he, it it just felt like it was wrong to be apart. It was wrong after a certain period of time and that we, we were willing we were willing, we wanted the same thing and we were willing to bear each other's burdens. Hmm. And um, really we wanted, we rented holiness and it's painful. So we, we've had a lot of painful, I won't say years because nobody has a painful full 12 months. There are moments that are excruciating in every year, um, but real gifts. And certainly our five children have been great gifts. They've also revealed um, a lot more wounds, you know, a lot more things that I just kind of dispositions of my heart that need to be healed. So, uh, yeah, it's just it's just the Christian life is one of, oh, here's the next thing. Okay, Lord, let's work this one out. Mm. Oh, here's the next thing. Let's work this out, Lord. I give it to you. I lay it down. Mm. Show me. So in your story, who initiated the getting back together? Was it him who'd done the breaking up or did you go to him? Um, as uh, the receiving you know person? What? Do you remember? I can't, re- I can't even remember. <laughs> I, I believe it was really something quite mutual. And, and okay. I don't know how a mutual thing could happen without one pursuing the other, at least being in their presence. So I don't know. I don't remember, but it, it, mm-hmm. I remember it being very mutual. Okay. When it finally came. 
Mm. If you want to get back together. Mm. I love that. That this is something perhaps I'll have you on later and we can talk more about this because I think the discernment of breaking up and getting back together is a very, like when you discern to get back together, that was a very different discernment than to get together the first time. Right. And so, you know, I think a lot of people who go through breakups, there's at least for the person on the receiving end of the breakup, there's a hope that you will get back together at some point. Right. Like, I think that's part of the grieving process of a breakup, part of the denial of a breakup. Um, but I think it's something very important to emphasize that the discernment to get back into a relationship is very different than the initial discernment because you've incorporated all of the good and the bad and the, you know, the fruits of the discernment the first time around into who you are as a person now. So both of you are different people when you get back together, right? So you have to heal from the relation from like relationship 1.0, you have to sever it. You have to heal from it. You have to incorporate the good, you know, that the Lord wants you to get from it. Um, and then live your life for however long that is, and then rediscern to get back together. So I do want to emphasize that. And we can talk about that maybe in another episode, but I, I, that is someone who's listening. That's maybe going through a breakup or desperately hoping that the person that they used to be dating will still be their spouse. Um, I really want to emphasize and Jeanette, if you have anything to add, please, that, uh, it's a different discernment to get back together than it was the first time. Yeah. And you know, all I can say is I really could have used you back then, Elizabeth. <laughs> oh, you're so sweet. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So we, we ended up getting married at a beautiful little, little church in the mountains of um, Colorado. And yeah, it was a, a one little picture that was taken of us at our wedding. It was just us walking down this gravel road sort of towards some aspen trees. And, and um, we later found out that that road, like years later, that road ends at a cemetery. And there was something, even when I look at that picture now, it just is so meaningful to me. It's my favorite picture from our wedding is us kind of arm in arm, dressed as the bride and the groom, walking down a dirt road um, towards a cemetery. I know that sounds hopeless. It's very hopeful to me. I think it's, I think it's such a, um, it's like a personification of the vows that everyone takes when they get married. Like this is where yeah. this ends guys. Like we are walking on this road yeah. and I am not getting off of this road until we get, you know, we get to the cemetery. Yeah. The cemetery. Yeah. Like we're not, we're not, I will be with you. Right. Until we come here. I think that's, I think yeah. that's exquisite symbolism, but I do want to yeah. ask how did you yeah, know that it. you wanted to marry him? Right. Like, was there one thing for you? Was there like a, I don't, did the Lord speak something to you? Was it just, again, he gave you the freedom to just choose what you wanted and you wanted Jason? Like, how did, how did you know? Um, it's kind of how I know anything that the Lord asks me, you know, presents before me. I have a, there was a peace in my heart. Mm. Peace. Yes. That I did not know with any other relationship um, that I had had. I I have to say, I'm not one of those people who think that God only has one person for you. Like, because that, again, that's, that's that pressure of, oh my gosh, this is the right guy. I can't let him pass up. Yep. I'm not either for what it's worth. I'm not either. That's why I didn't say, how'd you know he was the one? Because I don't believe there is a the one for you. I really don't because God, God is way more creative than that. He he does not lock you up like that. Well, so there's freedom in discerning yes or no. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I, I just had a piece and, 
And I, I also will say, again, this is just my personal opinion. Timing is everything. I know you've heard that mm. before. And, and I, can, I can rest in his timing. And the person who he put in front of me was Jason Clark. I fell in love with him. Mm. I was ready for marriage. He mm. was ready for marriage. Mm. The timing was right. We, were, we had peaceful hearts. And we said yes, knowing that God would be with us. I love it. So last question, we'll go ahead and wrap this up. The last question is, what is one piece of advice that you would have given yourself when you were discerning marriage? Oh, it's, it's the advice that I would give, have given myself almost about everything in my life, not just discerning marriage, because I think how you discern marriage is kind of how you do everything else too. Mm. <laughs> but, yes. Um, relax. Like, it's okay. Mm. It's okay. Breathe. Take a deep breath. You, you actually don't have to get married. Um, you, life is good. Your vocation is to become holy. There's mm. nothing to stress about here. You will become holy if you stay close to the sacred heart of Jesus, the immaculate heart of Mary. Go to mass. You know, just draw closer to the Trinity. Your, your, your baptismal promise basically weds you to the Trinity. Like, that is where your identity comes from. That is where your purpose comes from. It's from a living relationship with the dynamic creative, creative, creativity, fruitfulness of the, very, the Trinity. I mean, it's awesome. So in one sense, it doesn't matter what you do. Um, I mean, even St. Augustine, love God and do what you want. Love it. I've been thinking that, about this whole episode. I'm glad you said it. Yes. It's important. It's important. If you're locked up, you might need to take a step away. Not saying break up. I'm not, you know, whatever. It, it's just place your heart at rest. Uh, because when you are panicked and anxious, you're not able to discern well. And you can, if you have someone who's skilled in the Ignatian, in Ignatian spirituality, it's very helpful at times like this. But if, <laughs> if, if I could, this is what I would say to my younger self. And everything in my life, not just discerning about marriage. And can I read the fruits of the spirit right now? Mm. I'm going to read them. Oh um, yes. I'm sorry. I thought you were asking yourself, yeah. could I, could I read them into the situation? Yes. Oh, yes. Please read them for us. Yes. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yes. All right. Um, you know, this is what, this is what I want for my younger self and for what I want all of your listeners who are discerning anything, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And these are things we try to afford to other people. But please listen to me. We need to give those to ourselves too. And if your heart is anxious and um, maybe grasping, fearful, give yourself those gifts by just resting in the Holy Spirit. And so that's what I would say. And you're not alone. You're not alone. Uh, the, the Trinity is with you. Your guardian angel is with you. Um, submit yourself to them over and over again. And, and just wait on the Lord. It's an action. It's, it's, it's not, mm. yes, I love it's that. not a surrender of, you know, okay, whatever. Lord, I give you my open heart. It's action. Yes. And he will show you. 
I love it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for entrusting your story to us. It was, it's so beautiful. And your marriage is so beautiful and so fruitful. And I'm just so honored to, to get to have you as my friend. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you for letting me share our friendship with our listeners. Yeah, my pleasure. And of course, as always praying for you, Elizabeth, and I'll keep your listeners in my prayer too in their discernment process. God bless you all. Thank you. God bless you too. I hope you guys enjoyed this discernment story with Jeanette. I loved it. And it's always so fun for me to get to hear these fun new details of friends that I know, but that I am learning these new details when they're telling these stories. So thank you for coming along to listen. And I hope you loved it. And if you are enjoying this podcast, please subscribe. We would be so grateful for that. And also you can check out what we're doing on our Theology of the Body Institute YouTube channel. Um, I am putting videos out now, so I just put out my first one and I'm hoping to do more. So please go over there. I will link that in the show notes also. We would love to have you guys subscribe there as well to get more content um, about discerning marriage. We'd love to accompany you on that journey. So until next time, stay close to the heart of Jesus and be not afraid. The Discerning Marriage Podcast is brought to you by the Theology of the Body Institute. For more information about discerning marriage, visit discerningmarriage.com. To learn more about the theology of the body, visit tobinstitute.org.